Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are talking about Umber Holes. Hey Brian. Hey Will. We hey, made it. We, we made it. We made it to the uh, to another monster mythos. Yes, we have. Which you know, as I've stated before, I love our monster episodes. Yeah, a lot of people do. I I missed them. Yeah, I, like, yeah. Was reminded last session that we were um, last session being like we record two episodes per batch. So yes, we do. And you know, after that last batch, the the boulet and the golems episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to a realization that uh, w- we got a lot of the monster manual to clear out still, which is shocking. You know, well, and now there's monsters of the multiverse. So now they've changed things about that's monsters true. we've already covered. That's so true. It might but be even worth going back for an episode. Like, here's what's changed about these five monsters. Yeah, that you're, like you're that. absolutely right. But I just mean that we straight haven't touched on some of this stuff. Believe it or not, like there's still a number of monsters from the monster manual we haven't talked about on the show yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, and today's topic uh, has a few things in common with the last two monsters that we covered. Uh, like the boule, this thing loves to burrow and dwells underground. And like the golem, this thing is a hulking and intimidating specimen with mm. a penchant for smashing things. Oh, cool. Um, today we're talking about another D&D classic, the Umber Hulk. Nice. Now, the Umber Hulk has two defining abilities that differentiate it from some other, you know, brutish hulking monsters. Mm-hmm. That's his name. Number one, it's got a very uh, almost supernatural ability to tunnel and even uh, earth shape. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. And uh, number two, uh, which is kind of out of left field, it, it has a psionic mind-scrambling gaze. Cool, um, all we right. Will, we will get into these abilities later, but I just want to start with that because uh, it's interesting stuff. So we have a, a, a otherworldly digging psychic machine of some kind. Kind of, kind of. Have you ever seen an Umber Hulk? 
Uh, no, no, I've been, um, I'm totally. What are you? To what it. are you picturing right now? I'm, cu- I'm very curious. I just keep picturing the Incredible Hulk with like <laughs> more bicep, like even bigger even arms. Bigger arms. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the Umber Hulk was first introduced to D and D in the supplement Greyhawk in 1975. Oh, he knows it's gonna be a banger. Yeah. So it's been <laughs> it's been around for a long time. Uh, it's gone through quite a few changes in that time, mostly right. in how it is depicted. It's always had the same basic description for for the most part. Uh, but the further back you go uh, through the actual art for the Umber Hulk, the more horrifying it looks. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look at this shit Gary drew. What the fuck? We can't print this. <laughs> which, which is kind of funny to me because the current 5e monster manual treats the Umber Hulk like it's the most horrifyingly ugly monster in its pages. Mm. Uh, but at this point, the thing looks rather tame next to like some of the true monstrosities of D&D. Yeah, like just an illithid. Yeah, um, don't get me wrong, the Humber, the Umber Hulk ain't pretty, and I would hate to have one in my house, but compared <laughs> to, say, a Beholder or a jibbing, gibbering mouther, I would, oh, pro- I would probably rather deal with the Umber Hulk. Um, that being said, let's decide, uh, let's let you decide how scary this thing is. Who, me? Yep, you. All right. Umber Hulks look somewhat like a cross between a gorilla and a beetle. Uh, their most prominent feature is their huge pair of mandibles, each roughly eight inches. Okay. Uh, oh, damn. I went to go. I scrolled away to go to the D&D Beyond so I could look at it. Well, oh, point two meters. Long. What the fuck? What? <laughs> we convert to centimeters for that? I guess, I guess yeah, we probably should have. Or uh... Long. And their mouths, which are filled with many rows of sharp triangular teeth. Umber Hulks have two sets, two sets of evenly spaced eyes, compound eyes that lay on the sides of their heads, and forehead eyes that are small and simian. Cool. Okay. Um, they're extremely bulky creatures, often standing eight to nine feet. That's two point four to two point seven meters tall. They are stout and have a highly muscular physique, weighing eight hundred to one thousand seven hundred fifty pounds. That's three hundred and sixty to seven hundred and ninety-four kilograms. Their bulk is covered in chitinous armored plates, tougher than steel, that lay over their hair-like feelers. In addition, their powerful arms and legs both end in tough claws, able to rip through rock with ease. Rather than a nose, they have a series of gill-like openings in their almost non-existent neck, uh, potentially uh, due to aquatic origins. Uh, owing to their wide and heavy bodies, they are not capable of properly maneuvering in open spaces and move in an awkward lumbering motion when not traversing their tunnels. Okay. As indicated by their name, their hides are mostly black, although their front and underbelly is usually burnt brown or yellowish gray. Now I'm thinking of like armored clay face. Mm. He doesn't really have a neck. <laughs> I guess he doesn't. It just kind of goes shoulders to this um, little dome head. Feel free, to, feel free to pull up the image now. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that we got through that. Okay. Um, and then, and then I shall continue. All right, let me. Uh, I guess I should continue while you're looking, huh? Yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm there. I'm All pretty right. much there. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts here on the? It's, uh, a, it's just a giant beetle. I added a G to to Hulk, oh, and no. now, oh god, <laughs> and now it won't let me click in. Oh god. Umbering okay, keep reading. Gulk. Keep reading. Okay, there are two running theories on the origins of the Umber Hulk. First is the old blame the Mad Wizards theory. <laughs> yeah. You love that one. Uh, yeah, it's a classic. Umber Hulks have been speculated to be magically created mutants whose creators have long since been lost to history. Okay, I'm not too far off with like the clay face or my incredible Hulk thing either. Yeah, um, no, 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 yeah. There's it's shaped like that. It's kind of it's hulking. It's got those weird ostrich legs though. Let me see. Like the reverse uh the double joint oh, reverse yeah. joint in yeah, the, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. leg Absolutely. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's like a high ankle kind of thing. My mother's mandibles. What is that from? I have no just triggered idea. in my head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, there are, however, some early writings claiming the Umberhulks are amongst the oldest creatures in the cosmos, oh, having, having been around since before the Dawn War. This, oh, this theory posits that Umberhulks emerged from the raw matter of the universe before the primordials had finished their crafting. It's the crimson chin from Fairly Odd Parents. By my mother's mandible, I say nay. That was like a catchphrase of his. Jesus. God damn it, Brett. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Umberhulks are commonly viewed. I'm trying to do a joke about Umberhulks. God. Umberhulks are commonly viewed by other races as unthinking brutes. Okay. This is a misconception that Umberhulks are perfectly happy to propagate. <laughs> While not notably intelligent, Umberhulks are perfectly capable of rational thought and forward planning. The 5e Monster Manual has their intelligence listed at 9, which is smarter than many player characters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Who dump intelligence. You're right, because um, what kind of save is that? <laughs> part of this reputation is due to most Umberhulks having no need for complex plans, magic, numbers, or technology to accomplish their goals. Thus, they do not need to employ such things. Yeah, at the beginning of time, didn't have that shit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if a situation warrants more than sheer force, they are intelligent enough to use their other abilities to outthink their opponent. Umberhulks are, are solitary creatures, not due to a hatred of one another, but simply because working together has no perceivable benefit as they can handle most threats individually. Like, they're big and they're strong and they can move through Earth faster than almost anything else can. Yeah, they seem to have some cleverness about them. Yeah, like, they're good. Right. <laughs> they street smart. They street smart, yeah. Me no read book. <laughs> Me dig fast. Scramble brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Umberhulks also have a reputation of destroying items they see no use in, such as clothes and weapons. <laughs> but curiosity that curiosities that catch their eyes can be found hidden within their layers along with food items. Um, there was an Umber Hulk that showed up to a party one time with shorts on, and they just <laughs> fucking ripped up. They're like, what is this? I don't know why that movie left. You cover your chitin. <laughs> no. You this has no use. You need not khaki shorts. Tears it off. <laughs> Cargo shorts are no more. That poor Umber Hulk. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it would be cool. <laughs> Umber Hulks prefer to stay underground as there is no use in going above ground, and they dislike the light. You know, fair, that's fair. All right. Umberhulks can burrow through solid rock, forming new tunnels in their wake. The steel-hard chitin of its body can withstand the cave-ins, tunnel collapses, and rock falls that commonly follow it. Deep underneath the earth, a hum an Umberhulk burrows into com cave complexes, dungeons, or underdark settlements in search for food. Gotcha. Okay. So they, they can be kind of a nuisance, like for societies that live underground. They're like, oh shit, we're getting raided by an Umberhulk. Yeah, there's Umberhulks come up to the material plane and steal people's shorts and then go back and they get imme immediately obliterated by their friends. Yep, absolutely. They don't burrow up there. It's a never ending cycle. Yeah. Burrowing into the wall of a cavern or passageway, an Umberhulk lies in wait for creatures to pass by on the other side. It's hair like feelers sensing any movement around it. When it explodes out in a shower of earth and rock, its unsuspecting quarry turns to face the oncoming threat and is entranced by the Umberhulk's bewildering eyes, forced to stand helpless as this mandible snaps shut. <laughs> the fucking Kool-Aid man breaks out of the walls and you're mesmerized by his smash and he kills you. <laughs> he crushes you in his jaws. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you're helpless to look onward. I like this monster a lot. <laughs> me too. This me monster too. rules. 
A lot of the classic old ones do. Uh, umber hulks will feed on purple worms, ank eggs, and similar underground creatures, but greatly enjoy the taste of humanoids. Yeah. And, you know, at this point in my D&D tenure, I have to say that I'm beginning to suspect that humanoids must taste really delicious. Because... <laughs> Oh. There's just so many monsters that love to eat humanoids. They're like, yeah, it'll eat this and this, but what it really loves is that humanoid flesh. Especially the adventurers, because they're in the tavern eating all the spiced potatoes all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're well, well they're seasoned. Well seasoned yeah. Corn-fed, yeah. potato-fed humans. <laughs> it is also rumored that they digest precious metals for dietary reasons. Umberhulk teeth are not used for combat, instead serving solely to chew through kills. Some Umberhulk caves host a variety of fungi and lichen, although not so that the Umberhulks can eat the fungi, but in order to attract uh, other animals that eat said fungus and eat them instead. Yeah, I'm eating I'm eating this, like, uh, titanium shovel so I can shit good. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get your minerals, you gotta get your vitamins, you gotta, you gotta get your fiber. You gotta get that colon right. Oh, my God. All right. Before we talk about how these creatures fuck, let's take a short rest. Yes! Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Do we have? We're fucking back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to do that. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, go to patreon.com slash dungeoncast where you can hear what we just did early. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. There's a ton of other stuff there. Um, we're. I asked uh, Patreon. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the newsletters and the polls a little bit? Um. Oh, okay. For Patreon. Yeah. So um, polls. Yeah. Let's Let's start there. So we do every month uh, a patron voted episode, and not only do the patrons vote for what we're going to talk about, but they those things that they vote uh, on come from a suggestion thread, a monthly suggestion thread by patrons. So the topics are suggested by patrons, and then they vote on those topics. So it's, it's patron suggested, it's patron voted, it's the patron episode, and you want in on that, on, on telling us what you want to hear us talk about. Then go to patreon.com. Yeah. All, all levels, all tiers can get in on the on the voting. And stuff. Yeah. If you're having trouble visualizing it, Will just throws down like a metaphysical sword into the <laughs> Patreon feed. And yeah. everyone just like fights to pick it up and kill each other for their topic. And the winner gets to choose. And the winner gets to choose. We lose a lot of patrons every month to this thing. It's honestly you know a terrible system that yeah. we really need to change. It's great though. It's also we also love it. Um <laughs> Okay, a couple more things. The backer kit we talked about at the top of the episode, right? I, I think I, think, I don't we hope we did. If we did or not. Okay, well we did last episode, so the the backer kit for Super Quest Saga is live. Yeah, for Drakenstar, for Drakenstar, which is very related to Super Quest. Yeah, Saga. sorry, my bad. Drakenstar.com. Do you want to take D and D to space? Do you want actual rules on space travel and space combat? Looking at you, spell then buy our book. Yeah, Dra- uh, Star Seekers Guide to Drakenstar, where all that plus so much more will exist. Yeah, we ran a Kickstarter campaign. That's over. Now we're doing the backer kit, which means you can get in on that same exact stuff again. Yeah, exactly. So, and great. if uh, if you you pre-order at the beta tester level, you get a lot of uh, the beta stuff early. Obviously, none of that's final. That's why we're testing it. But uh, but you get a lot of really really cool sneak previews. Uh, all the subclasses, the new class that we wrote up, uh, the machinist, which is really really exciting. Um, a lot of the new species. We got eleven new statted out species. There's gonna be countless. Not countless, not literally countless. Lots of monsters, though. Lots of alien monsters. A countable amount, but you're going to spend some time. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's true. Uh, I think I said this before, but one of the things I'm most proud of is the custom species builder, where we have tried to make it so that you can build any alien species you want for the setting or any species for any setting. Um, there's weapon and armor upgrade system. There's some tactical stuff that you can modularly like tack onto your game if you want. There's a lot of st- cool stuff in this book we're working on. It's it's so. honestly it's it looks really great. It's gonna be really fucking cool. There's a great team of people working on it, so I'm I'm super confident in it. A couple other notes: we have a, a YouTube promo going on. We're marching towards 50k subscribers, and we're gonna give a copy of Baldur's Gate three away mm-hmm. to one of our lucky subs. So Indeed. If you guys uh, want to go help out, go do that. And also, please leave an Apple podcast review or a review on any platform in which you're consuming the show. It's a big help. It makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great way to share the show if you're uh, if you're telling your friends and they're like, yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> Just leave a glowing review and you'll help somebody find the show. So, it's actually very true. Thanks a lot. We love to see those. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to the episode. Let's do it. All right. Umberhulks. Um, they fuck. <laughs> In both behavior and appearance, Umberhulks are virtually indistinguishable to outsiders, male or female. Okay. 
Male lumber hulks live for approximately 50 years, and females live for approximately 75 years. Females are rarer than males, and males have been found to be prone to defend females even at the cost of their own lives. Oh, my. The males do leave after the mating process is completed. <laughs> okay. I'll fight, you. I'll fight for you to the death until we bone. All right, I'm going to head out. Okay, bye. <laughs> females give birth to live young, producing one to three hulklings, and create a nursery in a hollowed-out cavern in order to care for them. Hulklings quickly gain their iconic abilities and after two after two years are capable of joining the mother in order to learn hunting. Mm-hmm. In a few months, they become mature adults and go on to live by themselves from that point on. <laughs> go go ahead. I know you can do this on your own, son. I saw you eat a grown man. Absolutely. You dazed him with your with your beautiful eyes and mm-hmm. you, you cut him in half with your mandibles and mm-hmm. slurped him right up. Uh, mama's proud. You forgot the oh yeah part, but everything else is on <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, that's it. Just remember next time to scream oh yeah as you bust through the fucking walls. <laughs> <laughs> Though umber hulks are primarily solitary creatures, it is rumored that they may actually possess underground cities consisting of web-like tunnels. Okay. Uh, these rumors also insist that the reason umber hulks steal precious metals is to use as currency in these cities... Uh, this is completely unconfirmed, <laughs> though some Umber Hulks have been reported to live in clusters, groups of two to four. Okay. It's just conspiracy theory shit. They- <laughs> but also, it could be real in your setting, because that's kind of cool. <laughs> <clears throat> so they're not eating them for bowel cleansing purposes. They're Well, no. They're- okay. it's This is a... They, they probably are. That's how they purify the metal to spend it. <laughs> yeah. If you're going with this theory, then yeah, maybe. Ah, I've never been cleaner than when I ate this this raw ore. <laughs> Umber Hulk speak primarily in a brutal and harsh language of their own creation known as Hulkish. Mm, okay. uh, it consists of various hissing sounds and grunting noises combined with gestures, as well as eye, mouth, and mandible movements. Uh, this language conveys limited ideas and is thus easy to learn, but very difficult to replicate by anyone but Umber Hulks. If needed, some can speak Terran and others can speak uh, deep speech. Terran's the earth language <clears throat> yeah. for the subsect primordial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Umberhulks do not have working relations with most other races and are typically enslaved by members of other races. Oh, damn. Neogi capture Umberhulks and enslave them, with younger Umberhulks being used as the first servants of hatchlings. In addition, they can often be found dominated by illithids for mm-hmm. use as muscle or enslaved by human spellcasters. Umber Ravagers are sometimes captured by Grimlocks and cave-dwelling orcs as hunting monsters. Some Umber Hulks willingly work under other species in any position that doesn't put them above ground, such as guards, warriors, or basic labor. Umber Hulks can even be found under the employ of dra- dragons. This implies the the um, like tweaking of the stat block to have like illithid influence, like um, sure, yeah, some that what the Mind Devourer. Gets in there or whatever. Intellect devourer. Intellect devourer, yeah. yeah. Sure, absolutely. Mm. Dead umber hulks are harvested by other races, such as uh, by kobolds and goblins to make equipment, such as shields with their hides and maces with their mandibles, and by spellcasters for their eyes to brew potions. On top of all this, umber hulks are actively despised by most underground races, not simply for their predatory nature, but because they are considered to be indirectly responsible for some of the worst conflicts in the underdark. Okay. D- due to the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, due to the fact that they construct so many tunnels and prefer to do so near ore veins, <clears throat> umber hulks have supposedly linked creatures that would have otherwise been isolated from each other. This, in turn, has led to warfare over the newly exposed materials. They keep Kool-Aid manning it through the wrong walls, <laughs> and it opens up like the illithids to the... Uh, Kuatoa. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, this sounds like a society problem and not the Umberhulk's problem. Yeah, because like, they break through the wall, and when they do, they let out a huge fart. So it's going to attract a big purple dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Goddamn Underhul- Umberhulks. <laughs> Underhulks? These are the Underhulks, the ones that fart. Honestly, Underhulks, not, not, uh, it's a very apt name. There is a dwarven expression. Uh, chasing an number hulk, referring, oh. <laughs> referring to a prospector's strategy of following a number hulk's trail in hopes of finding uncovered minerals and uh, means a dangerous plan that can come with great reward with enough luck. Yeah, because if you're going to follow an umber hulk tunnel, you'll find them. Yeah, but also it's a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, because of them, because of the umber hulks, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And they, <laughs> you might happen upon like, yeah, you might start a war, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Umberhulks fight only when hunting and do so for the express purpose of getting some material benefits. Mostly, an Umberhulk is driven by a need for food and will target foes that it perceives as obviously weaker than itself. They conduct raids on dungeons and settlements, but will only kill a few before leaving so as to give the food source time to replenish. Okay. Using their feelers, they can sense movement around them and they will lie in wait around quarters and other crucial points waiting to strike. Many survivors of an Umberhulk encounter recollect uh, little about the attack. Because the monster's confusing gaze scrambles their memory of the event. <clears throat> Those who have fought and killed Umberhulks uh, recognize the signs. For other denizens of the Underdark, grisly tales of vanished explorers and wanton destruction speak of an unknown foe. Umberhulks take on a supernatural status in these harrowing stories, many of which convey the same warning. Once an Umberhulk has been spotted, it is already too late to escape it. Yeah, the really uh, seasoned adventurers, they get this taste for like, oh man... I could really use a red sugary drink so, right about now. Dear God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Get away from the no. walls. <laughs> Get away from the walls. <laughs> so some particularly long-lived Umberhulks become what is called a truly horrid Umberhulk. Okay. Terrible naming convention. This is, this is the British name, this one. A 16-foot... Or 4.9-meter... ...monstrosity that weighs 8,000 pounds. That's 3,600 kilograms. These particularly destructive hulks are no less intelligent for their age and have more experience with reading the intentions of others. (laughs) In the Abyss, there exists an offshoot species known as Abyssal Hulks. Uh, Unlike the standard Umber Hulk of the Prime Material Plane, these creatures have acidic blood that they are able to spew out at their enemies. How fun. And their gaze has a psychic quality to it, being capable of inducing madness in others and temporarily charming them into attacking others. Yeah, this is the grape-flavored Gatorade monster. Or uh, Kool-Aid. Gatorade, Kool-Aid, same thing. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to um, say the joke, but have you ever watched the show The Whitest Kids You Know? Yes, it's been coming up on my Instagram feed a lot lately. The one where he's like does the jerk off in the in the coffee room? No, well, well, yeah, not, I'm not was. referencing that in ref, in relation to what I'm, you're talking I, about. I'm just like I'm referencing uh, the the grape drink commercial. It's vaguely familiar. Okay, we'll I think it I've seen this. it. That we'll show's watch. fucking hilarious. It's ridiculous. All right, guys, that's all I got on Umber Hulks. <coughs> Did you want to go over to Stat Block, Brian? Oh yeah, I do. I have it up. I looked right. at it earlier. Cool oh, beans. There's the crimson chin. Let's go past that. <laughs> oh, actually, I have to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. We have an Umber Hulk is a large monstrosity of chaotic evil. Uh, it yeah. Really, it feels like just a like a unaligned monster. It Why d- is it, it yeah. does, but it speak. It, there's some hints here. It I speaks. So. Uh, it speaks abyssal, right? Like they're from the no, bef- no, the abyssal hulks do. But that's like an offshoot in the abyss. Oh, 
No, wait, they speak deep speech. That's what I meant. Deep speech is, is um, in reference to, like, they're from the before. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not wrong about that. So they probably just, like, absorb the evil energy and are just... Eldritch yeah. energies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, they feel they feel more neutral to me than evil, but it says chaotic evil, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, armor class 18, <clears throat> natural armor. Natty. That's uh, HP is 93, uh, 11 D10 plus 33, respectable. Uh, mm -hmm. Speed is 30 feet, burrow speed of 20 feet. Feels like it should be more than that. Feels like it should be 40. Uh, or at least 30 to match its walking yeah, speed. Yeah. Well, hold on. It's got a, a feature down there called Tunneler, so let's reserve our oh, yeah, we will. judgment. Uh, strength plus 5, <clears throat> dex plus 1, con plus 3, intelligence minus 1, wisdom plus 10, and charisma plus 0. Senses, it's got dark vision of 120 feet this monster actually makes sense to yeah have that. It's, it's an underdark creature it also has tremor sense of 60 feet which i like a lot passive perception is 10 languages umbra hulk uh why didn't it just say the name of the fucking language anyway uh challenge rating is five Hulkish? i think they called it hulkish yeah hulkish uh challenge rating is five or 1800 xp Experience points. Uh, proficiency is plus three. It has confusing gaze. When a creature starts its turn within 30 feet of the Umber Hulk and is able to see the Umber Hulk's eyes, the Umber Hulk can magically force it to make a DC 15 charisma saving throw. Unless Ooh, the Umber the Hulk rare is charisma saving throw. Unless the Umber Hulk is incapacitated. On a failed saving throw, the creature can't take reactions <laughs> until the start of its next turn and rolls a D8 to determine what it does during that turn. On a one to four, you want to roll a, a D4? You got it. One. Okay. <laughs> on a on a one to four, the creature... Oh, wait. Oh, D8. Sorry, my bad. My bad. <laughs> um, five. Okay. Uh, on a one to four, the creature does nothing, but on a five or six, the creature takes no action but uses its all uses all of its movement to move in a random direction. Okay. So you're going to just fucking leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> on a seven or eight, the creature makes one melee attack against a random creature, or it does nothing if no creature is within reach. Okay. Unless surprised, a creature can avert its eyes to, and it's always going to be surprised. Let's, let's fucking yeah, let's be real. Let's be real here. A creature can avert its eyes to avoid the saving throw at the start of its turn. If the creature does so, it can't see the Umber Hulk until the start of its next turn, when it can avert its eyes again. If the creature looks at the Umber Hulk in the meantime, it must immediately make the save. God, what a nightmare to have this thing come up at the table. Oh yeah, I'm no. Like, so, what but, are you doing with your eyes? This is the type of feature that. Um, I like though because like Umberhulks work alone, right? So this thing has to be able to face off with a party on its own, right? And the fact that everybody at the beginning of their turn has to either avert their eyes, which is not necessarily a good idea, or look at this thing and, and make the save. Like I, I think I like the feature personally. It, it's just hard with metagamers. Yeah, but is that a problem you run into a lot? Not me. Well, actually, yeah, me lately. I've been, yeah. I've been, yeah. Mm. So funny funny story let's just bring it up now okay. um it is the year of the artifact on the show Indeed. so it is relevant um i have a player in one of my home games that has the deck of many things or had the deck of many things on them mm -hmm. they've drawn two cards one in each session and i brought up the last time it happened they drew the avatar of death the first session in the middle of like a fucking war so they had to stop fighting the war to fight the Avatar of Death. <laughs> Good thing the Avatar of Death like announces the rules of it in the middle, or I could have had like a lot of Avatars of Death running around. Yes, very true. <clears throat> but everybody, they lived. They they killed the thing. And then um, this last session that we just had a few days ago, they pulled one card randomly out of like boredom, like let's just see what happens this time. And they pulled the Talons card. 
And the Talons card says that all magic. Uh, what does it say? Let me let me read it specifically. I have okay. it here. Okay. Ah. Oh no. I guess I'm looking it up. Yes. <laughs> Talons card. Why? If that one's not ringing a bell, I'm like, why don't I remember that card? Uh, I think I have an expanded deck. Oh, okay. Hmm. So. Let's see here. So Talon says, every magic item you wear or carry disintegrates. Oh, I Art remember that one, yeah. Artifacts in your possession aren't destroyed, but do vanish. Now, the deck of many things isn't necessarily an artifact, right? It's just I, a, I believe it is, or is it... I'm pretty sure it's an artifact, but... Well, I... Is I it a wondrous item? I treated it like one, because yeah. I thought... Me, I, what, I was... I didn't want to destroy it. Yeah, so it <laughs> so, vanished, yeah. So it vanished. Yeah. And they were like... Oh well, maybe it's just like it's. It seemed like it was up for interpretation a little bit, like mm -hmm. what vanishing means, and so they were like, "Why don't you just make it look like it? Why like it's invisible in my hand, and I still have it?" And then a lot of people were like, "Well, if you set the deck of many things down on the table and then drew a card, then it wasn't in your possession when you drew the card." And I was like, "No, fuck that. That's dumb." Yeah, that is dumb. Um, so we we did get into like a meta game conversation yeah, about it because yeah. they wanted to keep it. Of course they did. But I'm like, okay, well, it vanished, and now it's in the dungeon you're about to go into, which I thought was more yeah. fun. They don't yeah. know that, but yeah, if they yeah. listen to this episode, they will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was, that was the right move. Yeah, I, I implied it. Right I was move. like, I don't want deck to go away either, but I need to make the card do something. Exactly. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing about the deck of many things is, like, oftentimes there's bad repercussions. Honestly, that's not even that a bad one. No, just, they, yeah. they honestly, they've gotten away pretty clean so yeah, far for two yeah. cards, and I'm, I'm going to give it to a bad guy in the dungeon. <laughs> like, it appeared... And they're going to encounter somebody, and they're yeah, going to be like, yeah. oh, you want this back? Like, what is it? Let me just fucking see oh, what this card... And they're going to start that. drawing yeah, random good. cards that's... off of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's awesome. So that's a cool thing that happened. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, back to the back Underhold. To the Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, okay, so... The Tunneler, I believe. Yeah. Which I'm curious oh, about. Jesus. I, I switched apps and not tabs. All right, yeah, Tunneler. The Umber Hulk can burrow through solid rock at half its burrowing speed and leaves a five-foot-wide, eight-foot-high tunnel in its wake. Uh, so I think this is important because burrow, you can't burrow through rock. You can burrow through earth and soil. Yeah, but, this but solid rock. rock. Yeah, yeah, they can do lots of stuff. You can fit half a Demogorgon through this eight-foot-high tunnel. <laughs> That's very true. Shout-out to Demogorgon. Shout-out to Demogorgon. Actions. The Umber Hulk makes, uh, oh, multi-attack. The Umber Hulk makes three attacks, two with its claws, and one with its mandibles. Uh, claw, melee weapon attack, plus eight to hit, big and meaty, reach of five feet, one target, shout out to Marcos. Hit nine, one D8 plus five slashing damage. Mandibles, melee weapon attack, plus eight to hit, reach of five feet, shout out to the Crimson Chin, one target. Hit 14 feet, two D8 plus five slashing damage. Nice. Yeah. So, basically, the most interesting thing about this monster stat block is that at the beginning of everybody's turn, they have to make a decision and possibly a save. Other other than that, this thing just slashes and bites until I'm, it dies. I mean, you have to constantly monitor where, like, every turn you have to talk about your vision. Yeah. A lot like the, the, the Gorgon, right? The, uh, the, the Medusa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Gorgon's actually something different, which we will cover this the year. The big bull... Yeah. But it has a petrification thing, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think it has to do with its breath, though. I don't know. We'll look into it. Yeah, it is different, though. Yeah, yeah. it's different. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I I like this monster. I like the confusing gaze, which has a typo in it, it looks like. Because mine here is saying confusing gaze. Oh, no, well, mine says confusing gaze. Okay. Uh, and it looks like a very subtle G, but I see it. Oh, I think from far away it could okay, look like okay. a C. 
Um, but but yeah, the the actions are boring. The actual actions. Is like, oh yeah, it's just like it, claw, claw, claw bite, claw claw bite every single turn. How fun! Yeah, don't look at me. Don't look at me. But look um, at me. I would like a ramming attack of some kind here. Yeah, or like grab you a know, grapple, a, a grapple with the mandibles or something. I, I you guess know, the like. standard grapple rules are fine because any creature can grapple. Yeah, it's true, and you could just utilize that. I just yeah. you know I. Extra effects are cool. I think yeah. monsters that have grapple built into their mechanics or like implied mm-hmm. mechanics should have it listed here with additional effects. Yeah, and a, well, a lot of them do too. A, a lot of them do. Yeah. A lot of them do as well. Like um, I had a player character that was grappling a lot, and I was like, "Well, you should be able to do something extra cool when you grapple." So yeah. I had them do wrestler moves. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. Okay, well, that's all I got on the number Hulk. Uh, do you got anything you want to add? There's nothing else here in the stat block, so no, I'm good. All right, well, with that, let's take a long rest. All right. Hey, everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we, we break into bed like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that a Family Guy thing? I don't know. Uh, and, or is it a Dane <laughs> Cook thing? It might be a Dane Cook thing. It could be either. <laughs> My dad's coming home. He's going to see a fucking hole in the wall. Yeah, it's Dane Cook. <laughs> yeah, it's Dane Cook. Uh, okay, check it out. We've got stuff. We do have stuff. Stuff beyond the show. We do. Patreon.com slash DungeonCast is a great way to support us. If you want to support us further than you already have by listening to this point, go to Patreon.com slash DungeonCast and uh, drop us a little change. That'd be awesome. It, it makes a big difference. In our lives and uh, keeps the show moving forward. So thanks for everybody on Patreon. Um, our patron voted topic is coming up next batch. Uh, mm-hmm. So we will go ahead and drop Patreon uh, sub- subscribers uh, names for your shout outs. Then uh, we got t- we got Twitter. Um, we have an idle Instagram uh, and TikTok, and we have a. Uh, a P.O. box you can send stuff to, and we've got all kinds of shit. Let me read. The, I have a I have a document I'm supposed to be reading from. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, there it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Leave us an Apple Podcast review, guys, if you could. Thank you so much for for everyone who's done that. Uh, it really helps uh, visibility for the show. Same thing with subscribers, as you guys probably know by now. We're running a uh, a giveaway for YouTube subscribers. It's um, I don't know the exact nature of the giveaway, but we'll get those details. Like we're giving somebody one of our subscribers. Yeah, we're gonna give one of our subscribers on a YouTube, copy of Baldur's, a copy of Gate, Baldur's 3. Gate Three. All you gotta do to enter is be a subscriber, like a video, and comment on a video. You will be entered. Um, and yeah, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna random number generate from our fifty thousand subs. Cool. Um. Oh damn it! I need to timestamp something in the last episode. I'm still on the same batch. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a merch store. Thanks for buying shirts etc um and we have a discord so if you guys want to go check out discord uh you can talk to us there or uh go interact about other D stuff or just whatever there's a lot of cool stuff going on there all the time uh we are also partnered with diversity saves which is a five five oh one c3 nonprofit organization created by a, <coughs> uh, uh, excuse me 
created by a collection of BIPOC and LGBTQ plus members of the TTRPG community who are committed to the promotion and uplifting of marginalized communities in the tabletop role-playing game industry through promotion, education, and distribution of grants to help fund new projects led by marginalized creators. I think it's a wonderful organization led by a bunch of wonderful people. Uh, it's doing a great thing out there in the community. So please go to diversitysaves.org uh, and see what there is that you can help out with there. Um, the last thing that I donated for was like a big drop of game content. And it was, they were only asking for like five bucks. I, dro I dropped some more money than that, but um, it, it was awesome. There was so much, so much content from this like one, one drop. So you can go see what they're, they have to offer there. Um, but yeah, donating them is, is pretty fucking awesome. So please go do that. And uh, I think other than that, did we hit everything? Yeah, yeah we did. Over. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah. we really did. Uh, don't forget about the backer kit, and we'll see you guys next time. We'll talk to you guys later. Let's call it a game. The Dungeon Cast. Okay, Umber Hulks. Umber Hulks. We're good over there? Yeah, we are. Every time I, I see the word Umber... Mm -hmm. And as I was doing this episode, um, for some reason, bam, bam, uh, the way they call cucumbers, cumbers, <laughs> just always fun. So cumbers. I'm like, umbers, like, umber hulks, umber. Uh, have you seen the video of the guy rapping about cucumbers? He's like a Jama old Jamaican guy no. that's like talking about their health benefits. He's like, cucumbas. He's like doing <laughs> no, the song. He's, doing, he's doing this at the table. He's like, cucumba. <laughs> Get hydrated. He like it's, spits yeah. all these fucking facts about how I mean, good they are. Cucumbers are for very you. good for you. Yeah. They are. They are mostly water, but they're good for you. Right. Yeah. He goes through all of it. It's great. Um, my my mother-in-law makes an amazing cucumber drink. I don't know which. It's just straight cucumber and ice and, and some sugar and stuff. But dude, so oh, good. not like an aguas frescas, like a. Uh, I guess it's kind of like that a little bit, but but I don't know if that's what they call it. I, I used to make cucumber water. I didn't put sugar in it or anything, but you just like yeah. you know, I for a long time I would fill up like pitchers with whatever in it Apples, yeah 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 blueberries you know cool. yeah that's awesome that's super cool yeah it's tasty as yeah, fuck absolutely. don't forget about them in your fridge oh yeah that's get, just stink they'll become crazy science experiments <laughs> all right let's, oh, that's all that's I'm recorded ready, ready when you are yeah <laughs> a little behind the scenes i know we haven't had a, an end of episode thing in a long time maybe that's that'll true be it. maybe hey everybody welcome to the dungeon cast i'm brian and i'm hungover no sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> I, I just, I thought it's still, it's still happening at the end of the episode. My bad. Go ahead. <laughs> I would do that again. That was funny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything dungeons and fuck. <laughs> don't do that anymore. I know, I know. It's still happening. We're still at the end of the episode. We haven't even started it yet. We can't escape. We're, locked. We're in this liminal space <laughs> We're forever. We're locked at the end of this Umberhulk episode. I don't even know what they are yet. All right, here we go. Yeah. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.